Welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show. I am your co-host, Matt Swift. Episode 101. It's been a while. With me, my co-host, David Gussler. How are you tonight, sir? Who? I, I don't know. Like, who am I? I don't do the show anymore. Is that? It's, it's been a little <laughs> bit of time. So, no, I'm just joking, man. Uh, I'm good, Swift. How are you, man? It's been a little while since we've seen each other. Yeah, our schedules were not aligning, and then we had some vacations and some anniversaries, so it was tough to to get another show in. I thought maybe I was like, all right, maybe 100 is all we got. We just can't, we can't do anymore. So we, we pulled up uh, Corey and Johnny and just said, eh, we're going to pass the show into somebody else after we hit 100. <laughs> that's right. Um, but speaking of Corey, Corey is with us tonight. Hello, Corey. Hello. 100 is a good round number. I mean, if you're going to stop somewhere that I think that fits pretty well, you could do worse. You could do worse, like start stopping at 12, like we did. So that's fine. <laughs> well, we could also just stop at 100 and then have the longest episode ever, like released <laughs> and then be like, all right, that's, that's our that's our swan song. For everyone. That's it. We've talked about all of the things. We can't talk about anything else. We're done now. Yeah. Well, guys, we do have a lot to talk about since our last episode. Uh, some things have happened. Uh, one of the, the, the big things is, uh, we made it into the playoffs and then shit the bed in the playing game. Yeah. So let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, we, uh, travel up to, do we have to talk about it? Do we have to talk about it? Yeah, we, we gotta talk about it. I'm sorry. We won't talk long about it. Um, cause there's not much positive to talk about. (laughs) Um, we travel up to New Jersey to take on Red Bull and Red Bull, who struggled all season to score goals, managed to put five past us, three in the first half. Uh, Corey, David, what are your thoughts uh, on the game? Gusser, I know that you traveled up for that game, so maybe we can just blame you for it being horrible. So uh, how, how was the one? How was the trip? And then two, what are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> uh, I'm still recovering from that game because I was so angry. No, I'm just joking. So um, it, it was a fun trip. So I, I am very salty and sour about how that game ended. Um, but the trip was fun itself. And I will say I always love away day games because it's such a funny, fun time where you get to bond with supporters from all over wherever everyone's from. Um, we're there to have fun. We get to explore a new city, new stadium, et cetera. I had never been to, um, I, I don't know where it's at in Jersey Harrison. It's not technically in New York, but um, it, where Red Bull Stadium is located at. Never been there before. Um, I got to go up with some folks, explore New York for a little bit of time that day. And then we came back for the game and um, traveling was fine. It was a great day. Uh, we got into it a little bit with some of the Red Bull supporters and their home bar by accident because we just randomly walked into a bar and all of a sudden they showed up. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, the this tacos are very good. No, they were legit. Like they saw us and they all of a sudden started like singing chants and bouncing up and down. And then they like, it's like you ever see West Side Story where they start snapping and they like walk towards you. It was like yeah. that, but they're walking into the bar with, with soccer chants. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so it was it was fun. Uh, then we went into the stadium. I was like, you know, I'm going to tour it, walk around it, got to take in the sights. Um, and then the game happened and it wasn't very fun anymore. 
<laughs> um, yeah. So, you, you know, I, I have some some thoughts and opinions on it. I have a very uh, strong opinion at the very end of the game, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. Oh, but I know it was you a, do. I yeah, know you it was do, a, and I definitely want to touch yeah, on that. We, but what? So, let me ask you this: What did you, you think about the stadium? Did you like it? So, yes and no. So, soccer-specific stadium, you could definitely tell a difference. It was awesome. Um, it had overhang canopy type things so that the sound echoed. Um, the food offerings weren't very good. I know that sounds very bougie of me to be able to start complaining about food offerings in a stadium, but like it was like the same three vendors every like corner that you turned. So, I know Bank of America has a lot of criticism and you know things like that but from a variety of food they definitely are much much better from red bulls there was nothing unique it was like cheesesteaks tacos nachos and like chicken and burgers that was it right and oh. so um stadium itself was nice um it was really cool uh it was just i don't know it, it was very unimpressive how many fans came to that game for a play and playoff game um yeah. the whole upper level was basically empty and they were they escorted us and for those who are watching this live are not live but on video of me doing the finger quotes they escorted us to our section because you know in most away games you're surrounded by like supporters from the home team they don't want you getting in like scuffles or fights we mm -hmm. were escorted to our section we had the entire back like behind the goal like the entire side of that stadium was for charlotte fc supporters there was no one over there and i was like well this seems kind of silly that they escorted us here because there's no one here so it was uh it was interesting from that point of view yeah it definitely looked empty <clears throat> on tv so definitely want to uh, ask you your thoughts on what it was like live so well i have to say one thing and, and it's I, I have a love-hate relationship with it but every time red bull scored they play a song over the uh, pa system and it's bulls on parade by rage against the machine and I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. Love yeah. that song. Love the music. Um, it sounded amazing inside the stadium, like the the bass and you feel felt it. But then you're also like, man, I've heard this five times. This really sucks to hear it five <laughs> times. Um, but then on top of that, for anyone who doesn't know, like the history of Red Bull and like how they've kind of like paid their way to win and get into the soccer scene, and everything like that, it is like the most anti like banned to be playing for red bull it is like this corporate conglomerate is like this is sponsor and owns this team and then you're going to have the anti conglomerate like corporation band playing your goal song every time you score so i thought that was ironic but it's it's pretty cool to hear that but it's also pretty funny i, I think personally yeah, that is pretty. That is pretty funny, and it, it, I like that song too. And it would definitely be annoying here at uh, five times and three times and and one half. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the game. Let's start with the first half. Um, Corey, did you get a chance to watch the game? Have you rewatched it? <laughs> did you? Why not would watch I? It? Why would I rewatch that? No, I did watch it live. Obviously, <laughs> I I have not looked at it ever since because why would i do that to myself <laughs> um i don't know y'all probably gonna be able to get more into the into the details of it but my takeaway and i always wonder how much stock to put in things like this but i did have a concern coming into the match of like will there be just an absolute letdown in energy from the team mm -hmm. because of how awesome saturday was right like yeah. they were amped up for saturday they played with good energy saturday being the win over near miami um 
really big win, historic moment, making the team's first playoff, you know, this really cool moment in the stadium. I worried that on a, what, three-day turnaround or whatever it was, four-day turnaround, if they'd come out flat. And uh, sure enough, they did. And I don't know, again, it's one of those things that we talk about or people talk about as, you know, sports pundits like to talk about. I don't know how much it actually means, but it did, it did just feel like after everything that went into to Saturday and, and needing to get that win there, it was a totally different team that came out that first half against Red Bull. Yeah, it was almost like, oh, this is good enough. We beat Messi. We got in. Mission accomplished. Yep. Uh, I do have some strong opinions about some of the things our coach said. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'm now imagining Latanzio being like George Bush with the mission accomplished <laughs> banner above the <laughs> above the aircraft carrier, but like with us beating Messi. Like mission accomplished. We win, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we we played horrible in that first half. Um, completely uninspired. It, it to me, it seemed like Red Bull had a game plan. They knew how to come out and play us. Uh, they had trained and thought about it and executed. Us, on the other hand, came out like, okay, we play this way. We're rolling out the same lineup. Just come beat us, and we got worked in the in the first half. Uh, Red Bull pressed us. Uh, we couldn't beat the press. We weren't moving. We looked lethargic. And it was just really disheartening. Um, and there's really not much else to say about that. I was I was really, really disappointed uh, in our performance. Um, and, and again, I, got, I have some strong opinions about uh, the coach I have all year. And what he said afterwards just uh, made me want to pull my hair out. Uh, he said basically that he knew everybody was going to be tired. He knew he knew we were going to be tired, and it, it is what it is. It, what infuriates me is this man all season long rotated players to the point where we talked about it every show. I'm like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? And then this game, when, quote, unquote, he knows everybody is tired, you don't rotate anybody. I'm sick of hearing this man speak. Like if I if I work for comms at Charlotte FC, if I if I'm in PR there, I would have said, "Hey Latanzio, why don't you take a a game or two off? Let someone else speak. I I would like to hear an assistant coach speak. I would like to hear Christian Fuchs speak. I'm tired of hearing Latanzio's mouth and the dumb shit that he says. Um, I'm a little fired up about it." I have a bad feeling we're going to keep this coach and I'm not happy about it. Uh, just the stuff that he says and does this game. He got outworked. We got outclassed and I was, I was furious about it then. And I thought, I, I thought I was past it, but now I'm getting worked up again. talking about it. Like I'm just so pissed off about that loss. Losing is one thing. Hmm. Losing five to two against Red Bull who cannot score goals. Just absolutely infuriates me and again we came out with no game plan red bull worked us from from the the first minute 
uh, we did make some changes at halftime, um, and lo and behold, um, and I have some thoughts about, you know, some of our DPs and are they even worth a damn on this team? So, uh, we bring in Patrick Agamain and lo and behold, he, he does great. And, um, what the hell has Enzo Capetti done all year? I, I'm fired up about Enzo Capetti too. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that before I get any more infuriated. David, what did you think about uh, the first half, subs, anything? Let me let me stop talking before I yeah. put my foot more in my mouth. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get fired up here in a little bit, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, first half sucked. Um, and I, I agree with you. I, I remember hearing that quote after the game uh, and just like, I, I think I was texting y'all about that. And I'm like, of course, of course, that's the first thing you realize. And yet you're going to run the same thing. Or maybe if you would actually win some games the last two months of the, of the year, you wouldn't have to worry about having to basically tinker into the playoffs and wear your guys down just to be able to get into a play-in game. But, um, you know, first half is what it is. I don't want to dwell on that because it was just absolute. like it, it, it was infuriating to watch because like it seemed like just like you said, like we we. <laughs> uh, we basically at a fault just run out there and just shove a square peg in a round hole with every single game we run the same tactic same game plan what hey, screw it if it doesn't work it doesn't work we're gonna keep doing it right yep. and red bull came in and i just remember i think i even took a picture of it in the first half and i sent it to y'all and mm -hmm. i'm like what the hell are we doing because red bull was so compact at a certain point that all 11 of our guys we're all basically pinched into a third of the field. Meanwhile, Red Bull had three guys on the edge just in La La Land doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. And lo and behold, they crossed it. And they're like, oh, hey, guess what? We're now within the you know, eight yard box, you know, knocking on the on the, the goal to be able to score again. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's 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 infuriating because, you know, that 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 is a specific tactic that the team has decided to do and what Latanzio is trying to do and is just adamant about not adjusting to it. But then at the second half, it seems like we adjusted a little bit, but it was shit too late to do that because you're already down three, nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you want to transition to second half yet or not, but like my biggest thing from this is that those goals that at least we started to get a glimmer of hope when like you know you had an amazing goal by by vargas you had an amazing goal by mm -hmm. patrick those were individual effort goals they were not because of tactics sure. they were like I, I i well let me rephrase this that free kick was obviously a design play where you had it like shifted over to brant bronico brant forced it to the corner immediately like uh, Carol was basically running in on like almost like a motion play in football was like motioning into it, ran straight there to a specific area to head it into the box. But that only that score only happened because Vargas made an, an amazing individual effort. Patrick's yeah. goal was literally the definition of an individual effort goal was yeah. like pushing through players, tumbling forward, somehow toes it in basically like right past the keeper. And oh, guess what? Now it's four to two, or it could—it was actually almost three to two at a certain point. But then we yeah. shit the bed again. But it's just—I don't know. It was a very, very frustrating walk game to a wake up at two o'clock in the morning to drive down to Charleston to fly up to New York and be there, and then fly back and go to work <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning the next day. And it was very yeah. frustrating to see that that was the result that we had for fans and supporters who traveled up there. Yeah. It yeah, and I, and I think you're right. Even though we made those changes, I think the individual efforts uh, came from the goal. I mean, and again, we put in Patrick. He does something. 
Capetti's not scoring that goal. And I, I don't care if you listen to the show and you like Capetti. I, I'm sorry. Sorry about your luck. Uh, I've had enough. I've had enough. I've given him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I have some buddies that have not liked him from the beginning. I'm like, no, no, no. Just give him time. Give him time. Give him time. I, I'm sorry. I have some other stats I'm going to tell you in a little bit uh, that kind of prove like he's just, it, I, I don't know. Uh, so it's time to move on. Uh, I won't say too much more than that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's get into, unless you guys want to talk any more about the game. I do have some kind of like end of year stats for you. Transition. No, I'm just joking. I, I do have <laughs> one comment just yeah. to figure, like make myself just really pissed off, I guess, and just clear. So at the end of the game, I don't know if I, I think I texted you about this Swift, but oh yeah, yeah. The the end of the game, it sucked. We lost five to two, uh, disheartening. Um, we were in the like away section, across the stadium, right? And it was loud, whatever. And they're they're going nuts because they're moving on to play Cincinnati. You at least had some players come over and acknowledge the supporters over in our section for a making the trip up there and basically like supporting them and not leaving early when they're down three to nothing in the first half. Right. And, you know, I credit this like Scott Arfield, Scott Arfield is one of the very first ones to come over. I remember watching that and like, he was motioning the players to, Hey, come on over here. Like we need to, you know, Mm -hmm. thank the supporters for coming. Every single person I saw on that field came over. Every single player I saw came over. Every assistant coach came over. I saw Christian Fuchs come over. I saw the rest of the guys came over. Everyone came over to like to thank the fans, except for one person. Who do you think that one person was? Oh, I know who it was. Yeah, but, Sir Minty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so Christian Latanzio did not come over and thank the fans. Um, well, he's, and that he's probably re- worried that people are going to throw stuff at him. But yeah. Uh. But so so, and here's and here's the thing that pisses me off about it because like I don't go on away days very much. Like the, mm. it, it is, I go one or two times a year max. I went to Atlanta. They came over and thanked the fans in Atlanta because, hey, it was a great feeling. We win. We were loud, et cetera. I also went to St. Louis. Swift, you were right there in front of me in, in St. Louis because I was yelling in your ear the entire time. That's right. <laughs> um, so at the end of that game, the players even come over and thank the fans. The coach mm-hmm. didn't come over and thank the fans. Uh, it pissed off a lot of people. But I remember thinking back then, I was like, eh, yeah, you know what? It's the second game. It was the first game in St. Louis. It was emotional. It was frustrating. Shitty way to lose the game. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt, but like, sure. and, and I get it. Like, and I, I know some people on Slack were saying like, oh, there's probably fans in Charlotte that's been berating Latanzio right behind the bench the entire year and saying shit to him online sure. and blah, 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 blah. I get it. But don't sit here in press conferences and be like, we're not real Real Madrid. We're not Barcelona. We're in all these places and having high expectations. And then you can't handle crowds in Charlotte, North Carolina and MLS. Uh-huh. Like if you're that sensitive that you can't take fans and you don't appreciate the fans that you do have, at least there to support you in MLS in your second season ever, then you're not going to make it anywhere else from a, like a a soccer, like culture perspective, unless it's like USL or NPSL or something like that. Right. And for me, I know you were talking earlier about having Latanzio take a game or two off from having conversations my biggest thing, and I, I do think he stays now, by the way, because they would have made a move and I announced it at this point on November 6th that, that it would have already happened if it did. But <laughs> uh, for me, like 
they have to do major PR for this guy um, heading into this next year if he stays because he has lost the hardcore supporters uh, supporting him for the most part. The casual mm-hmm. fans, even though we made the playoffs in the play-in game, um, if we start off slow again next year, are going to get pissed off. And it's it's not going to be pretty. And yeah. a lot of fans, a lot of pundits online, a lot of different podcasts are just going to sit back if he's still here next year and doesn't do well. They're going to sit back and be like, I told you so. And it's yeah. going to be really shitty. So um, yeah. I don't know. They, I I was kind of like in the boat of like, eh, we'll, we'll roll with them and see what it is. But after that game and after that, I'm I'm completely done with them from a from a support perspective, to be honest with you, unless we win a Moss Cup undefeated next year or something like that. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. So, Corey, you, you come off mute. Do you have a, a thought? on No, that too, I was going to ask. I was going to ask a question. I mean, because I, I, I agree with you. And I think my gut says he stays also, unfortunately. How do you think the team sells that like is it really just like well he helped us make the playoffs so we're going to keep him around another year like what is the team messaging going to be around why they keep him because i think i can make a lot of arguments for why you shouldn't be here next year it's harder for me to make arguments about why he should be here next year i i think the team's not gonna say shit about it i think it's it's one of those things they're just gonna sit back and hopefully weather the storm and it kind of gets away from him because he's already under contract why make a statement if he's already under contract if you're gonna keep him you know what i mean like that just adds more pressure and volatility to that perspective um yeah, that's but point. Uh, that, that's just my personal opinion but i agree with you they should make a case and be like here here's the reason why we should stick with them other or than if they get asked the question like if, if, yeah. if they get asked the question you know if whoever in an interview somewhere preseason media stuff gets asked the question they should I'm, I'm really curious to see how they just what they use to justify it honestly at this point sorry sorry so i mean to cut you off there no. what, what do you think from that I, I still think they have time to move on from him, so I wouldn't rule it completely out. One one thing that could maybe make, make sense of all this, and maybe I am just grasping at straws here. Maybe they have a coach that they really, really want. Right. Number one target. Maybe they missed out on this person before. Maybe they have kind of like a non, you know, uh, legit agreement, you know, maybe just a gentleman's uh, handshake um, that they just need to get past this next season um, to to get their guy. Um, and then if that's the case, yes, you keep Latanzio on because what's the point of letting him go, bringing in another manager when the the end goal is to to get your guy in. Uh, that is the only thing and only scenario that would make sense to me. He is not the right fit here. He has shown me in a year and a half, not just a year, he had a half a year last last season and this year, that he does not know how to manage a game. He might he may be a great player coach. He's a great guy. I've met him. Um, so I hate like talking so bad about him, but he just makes poor decisions. He just seems to lack confidence, rotating players saying, and again, I know English is not his first language. So sometimes that, that, you know, there's like this loss in translation thing, but he just says things that just absolutely makes my blood boil. Um, so to, to your point. Corey and David, they they've they've got to get a handle on that 
and maybe teach him a little bit of like what to say, what not to say, or maybe don't let him say stuff like get someone else up there too. It doesn't always have to be him. And I know there's probably some MLS rule and obligation that you have to do interviews. I get that, but uh, I'm sick of hearing him talk. Honestly, um, I'm tired of hearing what he has to say, his excuses. It's just nonsense. So um, I would love to move on from him. But again, the only scenario I can think of is that you had this main target. They're just not exactly ready yet. So you keep him on. But I still don't, still not, <laughs> maybe I'm just false so, hope here. In, I, in, I that, still don't, in that very specific situation, though, like if you're Zoran in the front office, you're taking a huge risk in that because you've had two mm -hmm. quote unquote unsuccessful years. And yep. if you're trying to weather the storm with Christian Latanzo for a third year, I, I think you you don't survive that. Like yep. if, if Latanzo doesn't work out and you have a bad season again, there's yep. no way that Zoran and like team was like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll ride you out again and get a new coach for the third time in four years. Like that that's not going to yep. be to me. That's yeah. Not, that's I, not, yeah. I hope I hope they make the change this off season because here's the thing I. I've given the front office the benefit of the doubt the past two seasons. I've been, I think, more I patient than, than some other folks. People have called for Zoran's job, you know, beginning of the year. I haven't been in that boat. I've talked to Zoran. I know what he's about. I know how passionate he is. I know how much he cares. Um, but in this third season, and I'll tell, I'll tell him this, if he goes with Latanzio, you're now on the hook. You're now in the frying pan. If this doesn't work, you also have to go. And I think I he, I think he probably knows that too. Uh, for me, like other people would be like, nah, he needs to go now. Uh, the whole front office needs to go. I, I'm not there, but like if if you are making the decision to stay with this coach and it doesn't work, you need to leave. Because you made a strategic decision to keep this guy when I think most of the fan base does not want it. So I, I don't know what else to say. So if you if you stay with him, then uh, I I can't I can't roll with that. I, I don't know what I don't I, it's a dumb decision. Um I think he's shown time and time again that he cannot do what is necessary to get us where we need to be. We should have finished probably like sixth place. That's where I think we should have finished. But all those draws did us in. And just uh, crazy subs, just decisions and, and everything else. So Transition. No mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we went on a rabbit hole a little bit with the, with the coach and yeah. all that stuff, Swift. But I know that was all. I, just, I started that a little bit. So you said you had some yeah. fun stats and facts for us. I do. I just, I, I was kind of looking at some, looking at a, a few things um, as the season has come to an end, just to see where, uh, where some of our players landed. Uh, we'll start off with, uh, we'll start off with Swiderski because we need to talk about him too. And some of the, the rumors and some of his um, asinine comments uh, too. 
Um, I'm just, I, I think I'm just mad at everybody right now. I think that's what it, what it really is. We but just need to go to I, Thanksgiving I, and get lots of good food and drinks in our system. Is what I, it think is. So. I think yeah, so. I was impressed how angry both of you still are. And it's been like, what, a week and a half or so since <laughs> like, that, Matt? Like y'all are just like holding on. I've like moved on to like other sports rage that I have about things. Like I've, yeah. I'm past it now. And y'all know. are like still have this hate in your heart for things that I love right now. I, I think Corey, it's because none of my sports teams are any good right now no like, i'm with you like virginia tech <laughs> sucks at football and they've sucked at football for a while the panthers suck at football yeah. and they've sucked for a while and yeah. i'm not I, I can't watch the hornet so it's like like what, what else am i going to stew on right now other well than that's that's why i've moved on to other other sports sadness i've just decided to move on to other charlotte sports sadness so <laughs> that's that's where that's where, i don't know if that's healthy or not but that's where i'm at i just appreciate y'all are still y'all are still feeling the anger of this one anyway go ahead matt no we should we should have definitely had some other episodes or something just so i can get i have all this <laughs> pent up aggression in me just uh, buffer. yeah but uh so you know swiderski uh End of the season as our uh, leading goal scorer uh, with 12 goals. He was 15th in the league. So that's kind of a, a positive thing, even though he uh, adamantly seems to want to leave. Uh, and I get it, but I wish he would shut his pothole too and, and stop um, saying things about leaving. But uh, anyway, um, who do you think led the league in assists this season? Led the league or led the team? Oh, I'm sorry, led the team. Okay, I was going to say league, I'm screwed. So, um, team and assists, I'm going to say it's either Justin Miram or Corwin Vargas. No, Camille Uzwiak led the team in assists oh. with seven. Wow. Guess guess who was second? Lindsay. Jalen Lindsay. That's yeah. right. Jalen Lindsay uh, finished uh, second with five assists. Um, I asked this before the show. But who do you think <laughs> played the most minutes? Well, I'm going to answer what I said before the show because I still don't know who it is. But I thought it was Brant Bronico. Uh, Corey, what do you think? I guess my... I was going to go Ashley Westwood. I mean, either him or Nathan Byrne are my two random guesses. What's your What's your final answer, Corey? I feel like, does that mean one of them is right or both are You know what? Now that you're saying that, I think it's probably Nathan Byrne. Nathan Byrne is my, I'm going to commit to Nathan Byrne. Uh, You guys suck. Yeah, it is Nathan Byrne. Uh, There you go. I had to to talk through that. That was a good good talk through there, Corey. So, yeah. Nathan Nathan Byrne. Yeah. Uh, And he literally literally beat out Bronico by like, I think like literally three minutes. It's hilarious. I was going to say, like, I couldn't, I still can't believe that because it's not like Brant really got hurt any time of the season. And Nathan was basically fighting for spots with Jalen at some point. So there were a couple of games that Bronico got, got subbed out. And I think that's kind of what did it, you know, especially towards the end of the the season there, Bronico was getting subbed out uh, a couple of games in a row. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Uh, Who led the team in tackles one? (laughs) Can I say no one? No, I'm just joking. So um, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, tackles one. I'm going to say either Derek Jones or Melanda. Jones was my gut, but I don't know. It was Brant Bronico. Ah, I should have gone with Brant. Our, our, our attacking mid had the most tackles one. And so he also led the team in fouls committed. 
<laughs> Guess who was second in fouls committed? Ashley Westwood. Nope. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Corey, what do you think? Jeez. I was going to go with an attacking player. I don't know why. I was going to go with like, I don't know. I don't even have a good guess. Hey, you're on the right track. Is it Spaderski? Nope. Okay. Somebody um, I was very... Enzo uh, Capetti. It is, is it Capetti? It is Enzo that was my... Capetti. <laughs> wow. Enzo Capetti. Oh my God, that's so bad. Okay. <laughs> yep, he was he was second in the team and fouls committed. Uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not happy with, with Enzo. I gave him this season and... Uh, yeah, okay. Um, we'll move past that. Um, guess who was fouled the most? Fouled the most. This was very interesting. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Westwood. Nope. I would have never guessed this unless I looked it up. Corey, what do you Vargas? Think? Christian Kalina. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, Nathan Burn. Nathan Burn was actually fouled the most. Wow! Huh. Really? So what is interesting? Swiderski was second, and Enzo was fouled the most uh, in third. That is interesting. Are you ready for another one? Did you know you didn't know it was quiz night? Did you? Um, no, I love it though. It's great. Who picked up the most yellow cards? Westwood. No, I'm going to say it's either Nathan Byrne or Derek Jones. It is Derek Jones, and yeah, he picked up. He picked up eleven. 11 cards. <laughs> Nathan Byrne and Enzo were tied for second, and they had oh, really? seven. So Derek Jones is just out there fouling and getting yellow cards. Just grabbing people left and right, saying, yeah, all the way. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to talk about Derek Jones, too, in a little bit. But um, here's another stat that just kind of tells me a tale about Enzo, and I, and I don't want to keep bagging on him, but, like, again, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm done with a lot of things. It's the end of the season. It's time to trim the fat. I'm done with a lot of things. Enzo led the team in duels, but the amount of duels, right? But he only won 37% of those, which is oh, like goodness. the lowest on the team. And that was what was infuriating. That's not surprising in the least. No, it's not. Yeah. The, the, the past couple games, I, I'm sorry. I know he runs a lot. I know he hustles. I wanted him to do well. I thought he was going to do well. I defended him some, but he sometimes has like bricks for feet and cannot hold the ball up. He scored six goals this season. I think he had maybe like two assists. It's just not good enough. No. Him and uh, Camille, even though Camille led the team in assists, it's just they just haven't been good enough. Well, and so, not, not to bag on him, but he had six goals, and I think the last goal he scored was that PK back in like July. Yeah. So, like, if you take that PK out, he didn't score. And then, granted, he was hurt for a little while. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't score from like May until the end of the season, which is just baffling it's just, to me. It's it's just not it's not good enough. I mean, we we held Camille to a pretty high standard, and he didn't deliver. Enzo just has not delivered. I don't care if you like him. I don't care where he's from. He's just not, he hasn't been good enough. I would I would put Patrick on the field over him any 
day of the week. You can call me crazy. Stats say something different. So, right. Um, I, I just don't understand why we kept going with him. Uh, and even and uh, when we played Red Bull, it, it was very apparent. Just nothing. And then we put Patrick in and, and look what happens. I, I don't know. Um, and again, to what we were just talking about, where the, the stat you just mentioned and how, yeah, I mean, like what Patrick did, basically putting people on his back and charging down and scoring that goal all by himself and fighting off defenders. Like that's, I, I, I think that's the difference. Like seeing those, like that right there to me is the difference and why I would much rather see him on the field. Yep. Is his ability with the ball, he's, he's got speed, he's also strong and able to hold off defenders. Like he's really got something that none of our other strikers do. Yeah, uh, I, he's taller. He's, I think, just as fast, if not faster. I think he finishes the ball better. Like, I, I just, I think Enzo's been a bust. I think we have, we've done a really poor job with our DPs. Swiderski's been fine, yep. but we're going to be losing him. Like, we just need to clean house and start over. Uh, just a lot of things we need to refresh uh, in the season. And I, I'm looking forward to that, even though, I've been heated this uh, this episode. Uh, just uh, just a lot to to get out. Um, we finished uh, tied for second in yellow cards with uh, guess who? Uh, New York Red Bull. In <laughs> um, a stat that we threw out pretty much all season long because we were leading the league, and that's goals against. But I can say we we did do great. So we finished with uh, 52 goals against, but. That's eighth in the league. So we were first and then we were second for a while, but towards the end of the season, I think we played a lot better. So we end up finishing eighth. So that's kind of a, I don't know if you want to call that a positive, but it's, you know, it got better, I guess. So there you go. Well, and, and to play devil's advocate on that too, it means that we were ranked better in that really the second half of the year because we went from the worst to about middle of that range, right? Or, mm -hmm bottom third but uh that means we were probably about half of the, the the in the league for that second half of the year which is much more improved which is i don't know what that tells you about having a rookie out there playing out of position all of a sudden the defense played better but hey yeah. i liked i liked yuri though he, he seemed like he was a good upgrade for us he is i think maybe my favorite player on this team i think he's been and, and look, we've been we've been critical this this show so far. So let me be positive. Yuri has been a great signing. Uh, I was down in the vault uh, for the Miami game, and I told everybody that I could talk to in the front office, I'm like, "Good job on Yuri. He's awesome." I gave him a fist bump before the game, and I don't know if it's a coincidence that he uh, shut down Messi. Probably. Uh, not a coincidence, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, thank you, Matt Swift. Everyone, come off mute right now and say thank yeah. you, Matt. Thank you, thank Matt. Thank you, thank Matt. You, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I was I was sitting there with uh, when they were warming up and gave him a fist bump, and then yeah, I just had he happened to play uh, phenomenal. So I, I don't. I know see what you're done. trying to do here. You're trying to angle for vault tickets every match. You can get the 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 magic yeah. Matt yeah. fist bump. This is like yeah. the, the Paul Hollywood handshake you're trying to give down there to. <laughs> well, That's that right. Was a, that's right. What I wonder what the Venn diagram is for our podcast and Great British Show. It's probably it's probably two circles. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. British football, soccer. It's it, you know tomato tomato. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, but no, he's he's been fantastic. I, you know, the Miami game, he played out of his mind. But I, I think all season, 
Uh, he's been a phenomenal pickup. So kudos to Zorn, the scouting team, for getting him in. I, I've really liked him. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next season. Uh, I, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 no. Go, no, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, since I was really happy with all the summer signings, honestly, this summer, I, yeah. this is the best window I felt like. You know, I was very skeptical at first texting y'all about 30 year old midfielders, but um, I really feel like the group of players they brought in this summer was the first time where I was, I was like, that was. That was a solid class of people to bring in for what yeah. the team needed in the moment. And, and I think it's something that. to build off of. Yeah. They did that without having really much money and had to sign right. on free transfers. Like imagine right. like who they probably had else on their, on their radar. Absolutely. But, you know, but yeah. And and if you remember, Yuri was kind of a last second pickup. Um, so really well done there and maybe a little lucky, but that that's great. But yeah, Corey, I, I, I think we, we did really, really well in that window. Westwood was good. Arfield was good. Yuri's been good. Uh, and, you know, Westwood talked about it. I, I think that Open Cup run really helped those guys get more minutes, more acclimated into the team. And I think it really paid dividends in the second half of uh, the season. And I, I still I still think that we should have finished sixth um mm -hmm. at least seventh but I, i'm thinking more six so uh some 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 definite positives but uh unfortunately the uh, it was too little too late dropping all those points uh with those draws but um yeah but that's all the uh the fun stats that i have so i thought what we would do is there's been some news on the roster front since we are talking about transfers charlotte fc announced that harrison awful mckenzie Gaines, chris hagart sisson yega sobotsinski uh, and sendejas are all got their options declined uh there's still no word on Derek jones he's out of contract and qualifies for free agency and he did tweet it out about four hours ago all he said was SMH, which is shake my head. I think I that was in reference to the Spurs game, though. I think that's it. I well, could if, be well, wrong. He, oh, if he's a Spurs fan, I don't he's even a, know that. He's a well, Spurs fan. Just um, so. Okay, well, that's I don't. Well, I have no sympathy then for that. So that's 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 the life you want to lead. Um, so, um, but and and also Justin Miriam is out of contract, and I think they're discussing. Uh, possibly a new deal there, but let's let's talk about some of these folks that uh, will no longer be with the team. Any so before any we surprise? do that, though, oh yeah, I was gonna say before we do that because a second ago you were crediting you being in the vault and the fist bump that made Yuri play lights out against Messi, and yeah. we just happened to have a player that just now had their option to climb that you had a special part in welcoming them to Charlotte. Um, sure. You you announced him in on the field, uh, the very first pick in the uh, expansion draft for Charlotte FC. So is it the Matt Swift fist bump that's a good thing, or is it just the the Matt Swift announcement that's the bad thing? So I mean, it's just it's the it's the fist bump. I you know I need to be down there every game fist bumping folks then that's got that's it got it got it so we just you can't, just can't, we just can't you, announce anything that's you just can't say their name you can't there talk you or say their name you can fist bump all you want to but you're just not allowed to say their name in front of them yeah and i, I didn't well i did say hey yuri and then he turned and i gave him a fist bump so i don't know he's, he's probably waiting for you to say his last name is what he was trying right. to do so. yeah 
Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> Sorry, um, I totally derailed that. Sorry. No. <laughs> Going back to your original question there, Swift, about the no. players uh, having their their option decline. Well, no, it was so you 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 mentioned McKenzie. I you know of course I want McKenzie to do well. Uh, you know I feel attached to him because I I was fortunate enough to do the announcement. So that was personally a a bummer for me. But was there anybody on that list that? you guys were kind of surprised about or sad about, or yeah, it all makes sense. What, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, David, we'll, we'll start with you. What do you think? So I was surprised to see Derek Jones not get a contract offer per se. So it's just, it, cause it seemed like Latanz, that was one of Latanzio's guys at the beginning of the season. Like he, he fit him in there. He, he did everything the coach asked and played center black, played set CDM played, you know, center mid, um, did whatever the club asked him to do. Right. Um, but I also know that he got an, a, an option last year, was being paid the same, if not more, a little bit more than Brent Bronico, um, and was making a decent amount from like a cap hit perspective. So maybe they just didn't see the value that was there for what they're paying, which is why they're letting him t- test free agency per se. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first one that I was surprised with. Justin's not a surprise to me just because of his age and the, the contract that we had. I'd love to have him back. Seems like a great locker room guy. Uh, I just don't want him to be paid and take a huge cap hit like he did this past season. Um, I mean, I say that as a fan that has no you know, say in pay whatsoever. But um, no, I, I think those are the two that kind of stood out. McKenzie Gaines, I know that we, we had him on the show this time last year and uh, was it was it's been great to the fans and you know it seems like a great guy I, it wasn't surprising to me because i feel like we do need to upgrade our wingers um and we just haven't seen any kind of production output outside of vargas the last you know two months of the year right um so that that's those are the three that kind of stood out to me for the most part uh Corey, what about you any any anybody that stuck out stuck out to you or any thoughts there no, I mean, I'll just echo that I, I kind of hate seeing Gainsley, but I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like all all the names on that list, I agree with with David. I would love to see Derek Jones and Miriam come back, and we'll see how those kind of work out. But as far as the five who we didn't um, take up their option, it made sense. It was either places where we've already upgraded and have kind of spaced them out of the league or places we need to upgrade and they didn't really have a spot there. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it all made sense and, and I think it's, it's, it's the right move in the long run. These people were not seeing action, you know, especially when you talk about like the McKenzie Gaines or Sobosinski, like these are places where we probably did need some help. And if they're not seeing the field with the current roster, then yeah. we need to move on and, and upgrade those places. Yeah, you know, Harrison Awful made sense. I mean, he's at the end of his career. He was uh, a, uh, what they call him, a scout player, coach type of thing, whatever designation they have for him. So that made sense. Uh, Sadly, yeah, I I think McKenzie just didn't produce enough. Uh, Plus he was, he got injured. And and if you remember, guys, uh, he was actually a, a Miguel choice. Um, he is the one that won in McKenzie Gaines. Uh, so maybe it's, it's more of, you know, getting, getting past all that. So unfortunately he's gone. Chris Hagart makes, makes sense. I just don't see how he can get his way into this team, uh, with some of the upgrades that, that we already have and we'll probably get, um, 
Pablo and Zendejas leaving together, that's two goalkeepers that are gone. So now we we only have two, but we do have some Crown Legacy folks and we might make a, another signing. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that both are going to be gone. Jan Sobosinski is the one that is, I, I think, most intriguing to me. Uh, he costs quite a bit of money. I think the thought was he could play the ball well out of the back. I think we saw that um, in certain instances, but just I, I think Latanzio just did not care for him, didn't want him in the squad really, didn't, you know, like we even saw him go down the crown legacy. So I think the writing was on the wall. I, I just don't think he, again, produced enough for Latanzio to, to – to keep him on there too. So it's, it, it would be good to get that money off the books uh, and free up another spot because we definitely need to bolster the the back line some more. Derek Jones, I'm going to say something. It's not a hot take, but I, I think a lot of people won't like it. But I would be okay if we let Derek Jones go. Oh. I... <laughs> I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think we need, I think we need upgrades to me. And I think a lot of people are going to disagree. I don't think he's that great on the ball. He makes short passes, but they're sideways. He's, they, he passes it sideways and backwards. And you can look at the stats, uh, go in, go in and look at his stats and, and see where he's passing the ball and what he's doing. Uh, his, Passing percentage is high, but if you're looking at where he's going with the ball, yeah, of course. He has 11 yellow cards on the season. He, in a couple of games, especially down the stretch, was out of position. And I can point to a couple of games where specifically he's led to goals. I just think that, me personally, I'd rather go get someone else. Maybe he'll test his water and free agency. If he comes back, great. Um, he's a great guy. I don't think he's a starter. I think he's someone you bring in towards the end of the game to, to shut a game down. But um, I'm looking for upgrades all across the field, and I wouldn't be too upset if he is not here next season. I know a lot of people like him, and I, I get it. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Justin Merrim, on the other hand, I think he was good for the locker room. I think he brings a you know a veteran presence. I'd like to keep him one more year. Yep. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read into this a little bit, but on the Justin Merriam, I don't know because Swift. I know you're a big Swift, a uh, big Slack connoisseur, and you're in all the channels in Slack. Um, but there was someone who posted um, a Facebook page post of Justin Merriam on like neighborhoods or something like that. And he was selling a lot of his furniture from his house. So like his bed, his like mantles, his chairs, his tables, all that stuff. And someone made a comment like, well, that's not a good sign if you're trying to stay, if you're selling all of your furniture in your house. Um, so read into that what you will, Swift. But I, I, I'm not sure if you saw that or not, because I know. Man, somebody's got the scoop on <laughs> Facebook neighborhoods. <laughs> This yeah. this is the kind of investigative journalism we do there here in the City Soccer I've Show. Broke, I broke news. Yes. <laughs> Breaking news. Miriam just sold his bed and he is leaving. <laughs> show. So the the funny thing was, is someone was like, "If you want a piece of Charlotte FC history, here's the king size bed from Justin Miriam." 
That's incredible. Oh my god. I love oh, it. Gosh. Um I think this might be a good time to answer fan <laughs> questions. Probably, what do you think? Probably transition, transition. <laughs> All right. Who wants uh, the Who wants to ask the questions? I, I can. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll ask because I want. I want to make y'all answer, not put me on the spot. So I'm just going to make go. y'all answer. So, uh, our first question comes from Richard Clark. He has two questions. So his first one is: Is there any truth to the vicious rumor I started that we lost our playoff match primarily because there was no soccer and coffee podcast that morning? <laughs> Probably. It's it's our fault. <laughs> I'm, I'm hiding my face in shame because yes, it was probably yeah. it's really my fault because I even told Swift and Corey I was like, I'll do I'll do soccer and coffee. That's and, right, you did, and, you did. And, yeah. and then I landed in Newark and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. It was smelly. The airport was busy. I was a little hangry. I'd been up since like two o'clock in the morning, and I was like. Uh, am I going to do soccer and coffee in an Uber or I'm going to do it in the food court at Newark? I really don't want to hang out at Newark. So I'm just going to get in the Uber and go to my hotel. So mm-hmm. Richard, it's my fault. A, it's my fault for going to the game. And then two, it's my fault for not doing <laughs> soccer and coffee for, for this game. So right. sorry. Everybody. There, you go. there you go. One day we'll forgive you. Um, all right. His second question with Luis Suarez joining Inter Miami. When are other MLS teams going to get the same unlimited DP slots, salary cap, GAM, TAM, and spam that Inter Miami apparently has? <laughs> I think he had the serious version of this question that I didn't put in here because I like this version better, but I think he was asking about basically roster rules going into the next season. But I like this version of the question better. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it, are we going to be able to play uh, the same rules as, as Miami? Uh, they already broke rules before and had to pay money and move folks around, and now they're getting to do whatever they want again. So, but it will be interesting though, because, because Messi coming to the league and hopefully changing a bunch of rules, I'm, I'm wondering when those are going to go into effect and how that will affect Charlotte FC, the front office scouting team about what they can mm-hmm. do. Uh, are we going to introduce a fourth DP? Um, so I think there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up uh, November, December, not only for, us specifically, but I think for the league. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. David, any thoughts? No, I'm too busy scouring Facebook over here for more player news. So, <laughs> uh, no, so no, I, right. you I, keep I, at I, that. I'll keep at this. No, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to know what happens because it should happen, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I, I did read into like Derek Jones's tweet, like, oh man, he's shaking his head. He, <laughs> negotiations must not have gone well. So, it's okay. Uh, well, you, you could never mind. I'm, I was going to say something. Never mind. You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next question. We, uh, we have another two-parter uh, from Russell Varner, good friend of the show. Does it make you feel better knowing Charlotte FC finished with as many playoff goals and wins as St. Louis City? I have to say, before you answer this, I just have to say, I don't know what this says about me, but I did take an inordinate amount of joy in watching St. Louis get wrecked in the first round by what was one of the worst teams in MLS at the beginning of the season. Yes. And then, uh, honestly, watching New York also lose. I, 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 I'm, maybe I'm petty. I, I'll accept that yeah. I'm petty, but I truly enjoyed those two series. Now, if you're petty, I'm petty. Um, because <laughs> I, I loved every second of it. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that they – I mean, it, hats off to them. They had a great season, right? Yep. Finishing first in their first season – 
incredible. I'm super jealous. Also, super pumped they got their ass handed to them in the playoffs. So <laughs> both, both can be true at the same time. I have That's nothing right. else to add to that, but yes, I I, <laughs> I, I I love it. So it was it was fantastic. Sorry, Vince, if you're listening. So. <laughs> All right. The second question, which we touched on a little bit earlier, but what are your thoughts on Sudarsky's comments around wanting to play in Europe? Expected? Annoying? Yeah. Something else? Yeah. I, I held off a little bit because I did see this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did say I wish Swiderski would shut up and quit saying how much he wants to leave. I get it, dude. Like, and we've talked about it. We figured he would be here two, three years tops and he's going to go play somewhere else and Charlotte FC is going to get paid for it. And that's okay. Just some of the comments he said recently, like just, we get it, man. And like the comment he made about, um, and I'm just, I'm reading, so I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate. So take it with a grain of salt about the number he put on. He's like, I'm hoping Charlotte FC doesn't, you know, have like a $10 million price tag. It needs to be this, this amount. Um, Cause he's scared that he won't move. Like, I, I'm sorry, dude, you don't get to dictate that. Um, so shut your pie hole. Um, and you might get stuck here. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really wish he would stay in another year. Cause I think, I, I think we could really do well next season with him. Uh, I thought he did great this season. Um, but yeah, like we all kind of thought he was going to be moving on. He has made no bones about it, but it does get to a point where, you need to quit talking about it. And it's kind of like rubbing it in fans' faces a little bit. At least that's kind of how I, I take it. Um, but it's going to be good business moving him on. And we've talked about that on the show. So the, the so to play devil's advocate for Carol. So like I, I, I agree with you that he shouldn't be making comments like that. And there was two articles that came out from like a Polish interview. And uh, luckily we had an amazing Met City Collective member translate that who is Polish for us. Um, so we can understand what was fully said in the context. But the first article interview came out, it was kind of like, eh, it wasn't really too much he said there. It, it was kind of leading questions and those kind of things. And the second one came out as most recent, like this past week. It was kind of like, dude, just shut up. Like, stop, like, stop, stop saying that, right? But I guess the flip side of this, though, is that if you're Charlotte in this situation, you may want $10 million for for Carol, whatever it is. Like I, mean, I think Zoran even said beginning of the season, it's going to be $10 million or more, like some crazy number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just looked it up. His contract ends in 2025 with a player, with a, sorry, with a player option, with a team option in 2026. Carol's got a long-ass contract here. He's like, if, if we don't sell him or find a deal, he's stuck here for quite a while and heading into the next World Cup cycle. And he obviously wants to get closer to home for the next World Cup cycle. He wants mm-hmm. to be able to train in Poland. He wants to be the guy for Poland in this next cycle. He's, he's training yeah. right now with another Correct. Polish team just to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I get it. But if you're Charlotte, do you risk? Like, would you would you take eight million if they if they're lowball you right now and get something for him? Or do you risk getting a player who is so just disengaged that you have to sell them for even less a year or two from now because you've pissed them off by not getting other offers. Yeah. Swiderski kind of has an attitude anyway. Um, and yeah. I don't, I honestly don't know that he likes the coach. I, no. I, I think maybe if there was a different situation, it might be a little better. So I, I think 
you try to get as much as you can for him, but I, I do think you try to move him on. I think it's just going to be the best for everybody. I just want him to shut up about it. <laughs> like, yeah, like um, just we get it. Let, just let let the front office do their thing. We know you want to leave. It's not going to be the the last time this is this is going to happen to us when we have a great player. So, uh, but yeah, I would I would try to do it this window. Um, yep. I don't know what that price tag is. I don't know who we have kind of next in line for him, but I would try to move him on. Yep. All right. Our next question from Matt Chantry. Who do you want to slash think will win the MLS playoffs as of time of recording the pod, which at the time is uh, almost 10 o'clock on Monday night. Just so, and I haven't looked at results tonight, so I don't know what's going on. Um, so who you got? I'll start with you, David, this time. Cincinnati. That's my, that's my, that's my go-to. Is that who you want or who you think? Oh, it's not who or I both. want. Okay. I, I want utter chaos. So I want, Kansas, <laughs> I want Kansas city to somehow come into this and win it. Uh, I want a team who was winless for like the first month or two of MLS to somehow <laughs> go from a playing game and win. And then I can celebrate with Vaughn uh, on the show when they win. So, um, that's who I'd want to win, but I, I think Cincinnati is going to be the winner though. I guess her. I am who I want to win. I am pulling for the team that is that is winning right now, one to nothing against RSL, and that is Houston Dynamo. You know why, right? We it, all know it, why. It's, it's something to do with their assistant coach, right? Like that, not their not their main coach. Right? <laughs> I I want Ben Olsen to do and win all types of hardware. So and and plus Houston is one of those teams that's not like LAFC, Cincinnati, Seattle. Like I want kind of like an old school team that you really don't want in the final because no one's going to watch it. Like, you know, those types, those types of things. So, um, but, I think, yeah, I think Swift just wants him to win so he can DM Nick Kelly and be like, I told, told you. you so. Told you. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, so here, so here's the scenario guys. Uh, we need to keep Latanzio just one more season because Ben Olsen's going to come after that. Um, no, um, no, I, I want total chaos to, I, Sadly, I think probably LAFC will end up winning in this thing. Mm. Cincinnati does look good. I really don't want Cincinnati to win, though. Um, Is that but, just because it's Cincinnati or because of the, their taunting the last game after the PKs against Red Bull? I'll, well, I mean, we're the real Queen City. I kind of see them as a little bit of a rival. Um, just, uh, But I really want anyone other than like LAFC to win, even though I think... I in agree. The long run, well, I wanted would. anyone but St. Louis to win, so option one's already great. And then <laughs> yeah, LFC yeah. would be the second who I definitely don't want to win. Yeah. And can, let me let me touch on something real, real quick. And it kind of has to do with Swiderski and the league. Kerwin Vargas just uh, had it like a quote a couple days ago, and I'm not sure where it came from. It was on the lines of like, I was really kind of surprised by MLS and like the level of play and everything like that. And I, I, at what point do people stop being surprised? And I really do think like it really surprises everybody. And I think it really surprised this front office. I think Zoran and the scouting team, mm -hmm. I think they've even kind of said like, we were kind of shocked at the level of play. I look at Sergio Ruiz, who was 
quote unquote, a number six somewhere else in the world. He comes here. He's not a number six, right? I just think, I think our players and I think our staff, we need more MLS experience. I'm hoping these, these past two seasons has helped, but I just, I find it fascinating that players like even Curl was like, Oh yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like, I wonder if like, Players like maybe even Enzo, they 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 come into the league like, I'm good, I'm gonna be bossing things around. And they get here and like, oh crap, man, this is like physical and the refs mm-hmm. suck and they don't like me and like they they have a hard go of it. Um, so I I just I I wanted to touch on that Swarovski talk, you know, the league and stuff like that. Just kind of reminded me of what Kerwin Vargas said the other day. Well, Swarovski also mentioned that in the latest interview too. He he mentioned like. He has nothing but good things to say about this league. Like it's tough competition, it's physical, all this stuff. So I mean, it's 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 yeah. a it's an up and coming league, and it I would say it's past that personally. I think it's mm-hmm. it, it's underrated now. I think in terms of uh, talent. Yeah, I, I think there's a learning curve that people don't appreciate, and you know, you can look at some of the early quotes that Zoran had, you know, and when you talk about Yozwackle, if he can do it there, he could do it in uh, Real Salt Lake. I'm if like, he can score in England, he can score it in Salt Lake. But can he though? Like, and <laughs> no. so I, 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 I think I just find, I find it fascinating. And, and again, I, I'm hoping that the front office has kind of learned their lesson. I really do think we need lots more MLS experienced players and then front office personnel people involved mm-hmm. with this team. So yep. sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. Nope. Nope. All good. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump to the next question from Paul, uh, Paul Hagen. If you could hop in, in a DeLorean, what one moment or series of moments would you go back in time and change this season? What would have had the most impact if it changed second slide and, or what would be the most personally satisfying to have been different? If you're if you're counting at home with a three part question. Um, most satisfying would have been beating St. Louis in that first game, uh, their first game at home. But I think the moment I think we've even kind of had a question like this before. The the moment I would change is Anton Walks. Um, I, I think you know him passing away uh, had a huge impact. So if I could change something, I would go back and, and, you know, change that. And I think, especially at the beginning of the season, I think that would have had, you know, such a different effect on this team and uh, how we started. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agreed to both. Swift took my answers. So yeah, Sorry. Sorry. no, no, you're good. No, I agree. <laughs> I just, yeah, I agree. My only thing I would add for personally satisfying is had we, I still just want to see we, we I, I don't know if the Miami game counts because I still want to see us score a goal and win when we have 70,000 plus people in that dang stadium. Forget the win. I just want to see a score a goal with 70,000 plus in the stadium because we haven't done that yet. So that's when I would go back and change uh, either this season or I guess he said the, the question is this season. Let's score a goal in the in the home opener this year and get to see that place blow up because it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. From Greg Fenwick, what are your first three moves this offseason if you're Tepper, LeBlue, Cornetta, Latanzio? David, do you I want to go if, first? Yeah. First three moves. Uh, I delete Twitter. I go on vacation. 
and <laughs> I get a nice book to read. No, I'm just joking. So, um, <laughs> so I, I would say, I mean, man, if, if you're Tepper or Blue Crit, I, I mean, I, we've, we've talked about that. I would hire another coach if I could. Um, but that, that's probably the first move I'd make. And I think you have to be a snowball effect from there, but that's just me personally. It is what it is, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's what the biggest upgrade is. Outside of that, you got to sell your DPs and get some new DPs and wingers in, in this club. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the you start with a coach, and then I think all three DPs need to – well, one's definitely going to be going because he wants to go, and we can get money for him. I think Enzo needs to go. I think Yuzwiak needs to go and just kind of you know take the lessons we have learned and apply them because, again – I, I just think this is the third season. This front office needs to get a lot of things right this this time. Uh, I think um, we've given them the benefit of the doubt, and it's it's time to show what you can really do. Um, you can write this season off to a lot of things. You know, we just talked about Anton walks and a lot of things out of out of our control. You know, Andre Nuno Santos. We get it. So this season is. Kind of put up or shut up for me, but yeah, I, I think you start with the coach, which I don't know if we're going to. <laughs> there is, I didn't ask the question. I'm skipping around trying because we're running late on uh on, on trying to wrap this thing up. But I just enjoyed this comment of just Luke uh from Twitter just saying sad face, Lestasio staying. I think that speaks for itself along those lines. Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. All right, so let's jump ahead uh to Donnie Embleton. AKA Fatbird. Who was your favorite player of this season? Oh, well, man, now it's kind of Yuri, but uh, I, I think uh, for me, uh, Bronico or Swiderski. Um, Bronico just, you know, because I like him. He played almost every single minute. Uh, he's done a lot of things that people didn't think he would be able to do. And Swiderski, I think, um, you know, Scoring 12 goals can do a lot of things. So I think those two would be my favorite. Uh, I would say Bronico. Man, I, I can't. I, I got three. Uh, <laughs> Bronico, Westwood, um, and Melanda. Melanda's. And I like Yuri too, though. I don't know, man. Those yeah. are like my top three or four. So yeah. Melanda's an interesting one to pick. As one of your favorites from the season. Well, okay. Well, it's because like he kept us in games, but he also made us lose games too. So I, it, it's a love hate relationship. So okay. he's, he's, a, he's a young guy. <laughs> so I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. Yeah. Like it. Westwood was my answer. I, I love Westwood. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. All right. Um, this is a one word answer. I want, I want just one word from each of you. Is there any food on earth greater than a corn dog from Chris Fickling? <laughs> Matt, damn! When's the last time I had a corn dog? Probably from cookout. <laughs> Is there anything greater? Yeah, I, I mean, like, <laughs> the, the yes. Cookout, the, the cookout corn dog is not the good barometer here of of judging uh, what the corn dog is. I think it's the perfect barometer. Like, so what's, that's where you start. Are we talking about state fair corn dog? Are we talking? That's that's cookout? the last one I had was at the fair, and I. But I would still say yes. There is much better. Was it food the corn Was dog. it the nineties? Was it the nineties when you went to the state fair? When's the last time you went to the state fair? Like last month, at South Carolina. State Did you really? Fair. <laughs> yeah. How? All right. All right. One. I have a lot of questions. All right, how was it? <laughs> 
so one, so I took pictures again. I, I know you're all over Slack. There was messy jerseys everywhere in Columbia, South Carolina, at the South Carolina State Fair. If you got bat, if you shot bat, you know the basketball game where if you get enough like threes, yeah, you could win a messy jersey, which is ridiculous. That that's the the state of fair that we're in. But uh, it was okay. Yeah. I, I felt like I just got diabetes for walking into it. Um, like it just, dude. There's so much fried food and just smells but it was cool it's fun yeah you know did you have a corn dog not this year last year i did how many he sounds so full of regret saying this do you go to the (laughs) state i've gone two years in a row here in south carolina man listen there's not much for me to do here in south carolina so So, yeah (laughs) i grew up going to north carolina state fair that was like a yearly tradition we went at least once i grew up in Cary, so like right right outside uh, yeah yeah. it's 12 minutes from my house so yeah we were there every year at least once if not twice yeah oh man i need to start going to the fair again okay come on down here man no go north go north go south go to south south when is the last time any of you had a corn dog probably cook out <laughs> it, it's probably been a good year or two man to be honest with you god i kind of won't cook out right now um yeah, yeah that is i, I used problem. to do the i do the barbecue tray barbecue yep. sandwich tray and then yep. the side is a corn dog yep. yeah what's your second what's your second one because you gotta do, get the, tr- the full tray i do mm-hmm. i do fries i do fries you do, you and do then, cajun or regular I do Cajun fries and then I do a Chiruana drink and then I get a yes, milkshake. Sir. And that is 5,000 calories. Hey, you know what the best could make? So all but that is $7. Yes. <laughs> but then it, well, it used to be only like 5 or $4 back I in know. the day. But um, <laughs> that all that and then go in July and you can get a watermelon milkshake on top of all that. And then it's just like, uh, boom, there you go. There you go. So, we gotta wrap this podcast up so we can go. I was about to say, I asked, I asked one question, of, like I asked for a one word answer on corn dogs. We, went down, like, we should just do a whole hour. like food review episode during the off season. I mean, there there, I, I mean, like there's lots to lots to talk about the rest of the you know rest of the year while there's no game. So there we go. All right, uh, let's try to run through these quickly. I have a couple more ones that I want to I want to get to though that were fun. Yeah. Um, so what from Eric Hill? What game day ritual would you like to see change next season? Hmm. Or if you could create a new one, what would it be? I I want a second half pump up chant like Peppa's type moment to get the crowd back into it in the second half. Start a kickoff right then and there. I want I, that's what I want. Yeah, I I've got to I got to admit I think like the kind of like house music at the very right before like when when the the supporters and the drummers get in the house music going and then you can't hear the 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 supporters at all right. and then that second half is house music and you know yeah i i think it would be a lot better if it was just more organic and you could actually hear the supporters doing something uh and it could be a song but like it's just always i've got i've got one thing sorry and i, I know that you're supposed to rapid fire these Corey. if you looked online the past week or two there was a a game in mexico i think where the halftime show was guys lassoing other guys it was like an obstacle course where they're yeah. running through and they have to lasso and try to get through like six people doing that that's what i want next year i want that and i want to be able to run through that and see if i can get through without being lassoed that's what i want to do there we go i like it let's make it happen all right second one from eric uh, a number of pro teams have extremely unique and often bizarre, especially food items. If you were the head chef at Bank of mm-hmm. America Stadium and could create a unique food item for Charlotte FC, what would it be? 
I think you'd have to kind of lean into like barbecue, right? Because that's kind of what we're known for. I, I did see Atlanta United had this like macaroni and cheese, like in circle, like rib, <laughs> rib thing. Yeah, a rib bowl. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was they, they made fifty of them, and it was like literally a full rack of ribs spun in a circle with a mountain of mac and cheese coming out of the center of it. Yeah. I gotta say, maybe the whole cookout thing has made me hungry but it sounds amazing um but yeah I, I think you would have to go kind of in on like barbecue right yeah i would say barbecue or have something you know with pimento cheese <clears throat> on it just make it you know what just make it whole state fair food just be like hey this is what's unique in bank of america hey, here's like a go. fried or here's fried oreos here's you know an elephant ear like let's just do it all yeah i'm down <laughs> i'm down with that I was going with something with fried pickles. I feel like fried pickles is like <clears throat> Charlotte specific food. I don't know Ooh, why. Man. It just feels like a very Charlotte food to me is to do fried pickles. So somewhere in there. All right. Um, from Becca Mitchum. If you could hire someone from the Mario universe to be the head coach, who would you choose? David, I'm going to have to give you this one. Like, I, I guess I don't play <laughs> enough Mario. I just know like the, the basic characters so who that's oh, enough nice. if you know if you know like yeah, the, you know the, the like main three or yeah. four characters you're fine I'll, I'll go first that way it gives you a, a chance to google somebody or you can think of something here swift um i'm gonna go uh oddly specific and just absolutely ridiculous i want shy guy to be our coach you know who the, the hell is that <laughs> so google google shy guy real quick uh it's the little small dudes with the white ghost mask thing and they don't say a word and they just go Mer. And that's all they do. And so I want that to be our coach because he's just going to run around the sideline going murr, murr, the whole entire time. So <laughs> could you no, I'm not imagine noise again? No, <laughs> I want to I want you to do like a press conference and just do that noise. Murr, 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 murr. <laughs> I'll do that next episode. I got I to practice that. <laughs> cool. All right. Who's your answer, though, Swift? Who, who you got? I, I, I don't have one. I don't. Mario, I have no idea. Okay. That's boring. There you go. This guy. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. And so the final, I believe this is our final question from Matt Nolan. Without starting next season with tragedy and scandal both, and with our upgraded roster vis a vis early 2023, what should our expectations be for next season? Supporter Shield. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know. I would say host a playoff game for the third time in a row, but that, I don't know. That's where I'm at at this point. I just want to. I just want to host a playoff game, please. Yeah, I I think I would be good with. I, I still don't see us being first, second, or third, but like I would really like to see us in the thick of things and like that fourth, fifth, sixth. Uh. I feel like we're kind of behind the season. I don't know. I know we're only going into our third season, but I feel like we're behind the season for some reason. So I need to see that progression. Uh, and if I don't see that progression, then then again, it kind of goes back to this whole thing. Like, all right, you've had three seasons. Something's not clicking. I think more people need to see the exit. So um, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, though. I'm really pulling for Zoran, the front office, Joe, everybody. Um, um, but yeah, I would like to see that fourth, fifth, sixth. I'd be okay with that. And then you progress after that. And I want to build us into like a, a Seattle where every single season they're in the top five, six, no matter what. Uh, and when it's playoff time, they're always dangerous. So that's kind of what I'm looking to build, build on. Yep. Agreed. 
Totally agree. I think I, I do get your feeling on like being held back a season. It does feel that way too. I felt like this yeah. season, what we, we were ripe for making kind of that next step of building on the end of last year. And we yeah. totally did not, we fell backward. And so it yeah. feels like, you know, that progress that I hope to see this year is what I'm hoping for next year. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be the next two months are going to be huge for this club. Uh, the decisions that we make are going to dictate, I think next year, the year after, I mean, you can, you can even see lingering effects, side effects from when Miguel was here. So the, the decisions we're about to make, uh, it's not going to be just a one-year thing um, that's going to have some um, some legs to it and uh, residual uh, effects and everything. So um, it's going to be important. We're going to have lots to talk about, and if we get bored, we can talk about corn dogs more. So looking forward to it. Love it. All right. Is that all we got, guys? Well, there was one uh, other follow-up question that I didn't get to, and I, I honestly forgot who asked it initially, so I apologize in advance, but uh, this one's just for David. How much money has Gussler won or lost betting against Charlotte FC? I think that's so, Greg. I think that's Greg Fam- it was, it was I, Greg. I think yeah. you're right, yeah. So just to give context to this for those who missed, when I was in Vegas for work, I put money on Toronto to beat Charlotte FC because I was hedging my bet. If we lost, I would have won like 300 bucks. If we if we won, I only would have lost like twenty bucks. So I was like, screw it, it's twenty bucks. I'm in Vegas. I'm gonna put money down, and I'm, I win either way, right? So I lost twenty bucks there. Here's the funny part here, Swift. Right? You get to Newark in Jersey, you can sport uh, gamble and bet. So I draft. I downloaded the DraftKings app while I was there in Jersey, and um, because I did this like four years ago in North Carolina, you can't gamble there. Um, I had like $100 in promo credits on DraftKings and I just had to put 25 bucks in. So I put 25 bucks in and I played some Champions League matches. I won like 100 bucks from it or whatever, but I actually put like 50 bucks down from uh, the promo money again for Charlotte FC. Except this game, I bet Charlotte was going to win and I also bet that Charlotte was going to score three goals to one. And here I am, and I lost 50 bucks from that. So technically, I've lost almost 70 bucks for Charlotte FC. So you know what? It's fine. But hey, I won the money back in the Champions League games. So I'm, I'm, I'm even at this point for that. So it's good. There you go. Well, so I don't want to hear anybody say I bet against Charlotte, and that's the reason why we win. But you know, whatever. Well, I mean, you did bet against Charlotte, and you can't ever... Um... Take that away. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, no, that was a good fun question. I thought that was a funny story to add in there because I, I definitely was not going to do that. And then the people I was with in and Jersey were like, hey, you know, you can you can gamble on sports here. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> were the people that you were with in Jersey, were they mobsters, David? Did they, they sucker no. you in? I'm like, yeah, you should put a bet in. Oh, I had a bookie in the alleyway or something like that. I just walked up to a bookie and had to give him the money in a paper bag. And no, hey, it was uh, it was Churchy and Michael Gallimore from Southbound. So I guess you could call oh, that's like, that's mobster. yeah, that's even worse. It's <laughs> even worse, man. Yeah. So it was, no, it was a fun I look. I love those guys. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, adios, and we'll see you soon. So long, farewell, I have you to say goodnight. 
Oh, that's au good. Au revoir, au revoir to you and you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>